More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, fighting fair. No one likes arguing with others, especially the people who are close to us. Is conflict ruining your relationships? We'll help you get your communication back on track. 877-573-7825. says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, Fighting Fair. I mean, look, nobody likes conflict, right? Especially when it involves people who are close to us. And if conflict is undermining or maybe even wrecking your relationships, we want to help you get your communication and that relationship back on track. Give us a call. The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Call up and tell us, are you having a disagreement with somebody you care about? Maybe there are certain topics that are difficult to discuss with your spouse, your kids, whether adult kids or younger kids or teens, your siblings, parents, or friends. Maybe you're concerned by how quickly certain challenging discussions escalate with that one person. If conflict is complicating any of your relationships, we want to help you find graceful ways to get your communication and relationship back on track. Again, the number, 877-573-7825. You know, you, you could be thinking about all those different topics or all those people where you do feel like conflict is a thing and you don't feel as close to them as you want to feel you don't feel right inside yourself when you're with them it could be those people it could be those particular topics it could just be that you you know say oh well i'm not really in conflict with them but boy they get on my nerves well there's a chance if somebody gets on your nerves that there is something conflictual either about the way they approach you and everything in life or a particular thing about them that tells you you're just not on the same page, but you've never even really explored the conflict, or it could just be simple things like your other family members, even those little kiddos, get on each other's nerves and have conflict all the time, and you feel like you have to fix it. You have to be drawn in to your kids' discussions, whether they're tiny or whether they're fully grown and not getting along conflict can be draining for us and can really make us feel like we're not in a peaceful place with others or even with God. And that hurts. And that can be a little scary. And we don't want to be in that place. We want to be those peacemakers, those people that feel peaceful inside of ourselves in union with God and 
actually peaceful with other people. And that doesn't mean ignoring the things that are coming up and are conflictual or are getting on our nerves. No, absolutely. You know, we, we do have a tendency to think that being a peacemaker means just sort of being a tiptoe arounder. Uh, and that is not at all what God is calling us to. So if you are, are caught up in some kind of conflict with someone you care about, or you're not sure how to bring up a topic with someone without it becoming a conflict, let's work it out together today on More to Life. The number is 877 573 Again, that's 877 Twenty-five. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. And if you're not aware of what that is, uh, when St. John Paul was Pope, he gave a series of reflections over the course of about five years that described how by prayerfully reflecting on God's creation, we can learn a lot about God's plan for living a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships. And the theology of the body reminds us that we are called to live in communion. But ironically, because we live in a fallen world, building that communion requires us to learn to deal gracefully with conflict. Our natural human tendency is to either try to avoid conflict as much as possible, even when we shouldn't, or to get caught up in it and fan the flames. But neither of these choices are options for us as Christians. In fact, they're both sinful. Avoiding problems we could do something about is the sin of sloth. Escalating conflict needlessly is the sin of wrath. Fortunately, When it comes to dealing with conflict, Christians have a third option, to be peacemakers. Now, as I was sort of hinting at, uh, being a peacemaker is working to restore the right order that God desires in a situation. It's not just being a smoother overer or a (laughs) tiptoer arounder. It's about restoring the right order that God desires in any situation. So when conflicts arise, being a peacemaker doesn't mean just keeping a lid on things any more than it means unnecessarily escalating the tension. It means starting disagreements by seeking God's wisdom and grace, entering into conflicts with the intention of working for the good of everybody involved, including ourselves, and doing what we can to both encourage everyone involved in the conflict through the tension and toward godly solutions. The peacemaker doesn't run from conflict or fan the flames of conflict, rather The peacemaker is somebody who knows a lot of different ways to actively engage and extinguish the fire so that new life can spring up from those ashes. And I think that it's really fascinating to say that one would know a lot of different ways because most of us don't. Most of us are still working on whatever the dynamic was in our home when we were growing up. And as children, we are not often taught skills to deal with conflict. We're either taught to be obedient to our parents, and that helps us to avoid conflict with them, or we are inadvertently taught to run and hide because there's a lot of conflict in our home and we don't want to be part of it, or we pick up 
however our parents dealt with conflict with us with our siblings especially with each other and that's as far as our skills go and then we enter into adulthood into adult relationships into marriages into raising our own children into the workplace into our churches and suddenly we're still dealing with conflict with whatever kind of cobbled together tools we got in our family of origin if those aren't working for you if the word conflict makes you kind of clench up if you're thinking i'll wait till the next time the conflict arises well no let's help get you those skills now because i guarantee you if there are any times for conflict the next few months or when those times will come up because you'll be holidays. seeing people you'll be dealing with things let's give you those skills now so that you can have the skills you need for a more peaceful life and better relationships give us a call today on more to life at 877 573 7825 that's 877 573-7825. Well, let's take our concerns to the Lord, and then we'll start taking your calls. In the name of the Father, Father and the, the Son, Son, and the, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come before you when we bring those people and situations to you where we are caught up in conflict with those that we love. Whether we're struggling with our spouse, or going back and forth with our young or adult kids, or having conflict with our parents or siblings or other family members or friends. Conflict is no fun. And yet, learning to master conflict is an important part of creating the communion in which we are called to live through your grace. And so, Lord, we ask you for the wisdom, for the peace, for the grace that we need to approach those difficult topics and even difficult people in ways that allow us to be heard, to listen well, and to find the graceful solutions to all those challenging situations we find ourselves in. Bless our conflicts, Lord, so that we can learn to listen to each other and grow together in you. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and in the name and of the, the Father, Father, and the, the Son, Son, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, the show is titled Fighting Fair, and we're talking about dealing gracefully with conflict. Whether we're struggling with knowing how to bring up a difficult topic with someone we care about, or wondering how to stop that topic from escalating with that person, or dealing with somebody who is just habitually antagonistic and gets on our nerves the second we see them, whatever that situation is, if conflict is undermining your relationships, or making them at least a little more difficult, we want to help you manage conflict gracefully. Give us a call. The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that number is 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Becky, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Pennsylvania. Hi, Becky. Welcome to More to Life. What can we do for you? Well, yes, I just uh, thought I'd share about an issue I've been going through for some time. I <clears throat> help an elderly woman um, who doesn't drive, um, just with 
<clears throat> errands and things like that. I've been doing it for many years, but she's become more unable to be self-sufficient and is very difficult, um, very negative, very... Um, she always has to be right and really doesn't seem to try to help herself. And I know that I'm one of her, I think, only friends. Um, and I, mm. I know that I have the capacity to help her, but it's become so challenging uh, because it's always about her, how sick she is, um, how rough her life is, and and how she's a victim. But she doesn't seem mm. to try to do things to help herself. And it's supposedly, you know, she says she's a devout Catholic, but... Anyways, I do I do pray for patience and I pray for God to help me have a more merciful heart because it's so hard when I see her phone number come up on my phone oh, that, um, yeah. because she's so when I I greet her it's always the glass is always half empty so I'm just praying because I know I need to be there for her. Um, but it's just I have to learn how to just react differently to the way that she comes across to me. I guess uh, I'm trying to be more Christ-like. Well, um, you know, being being more Christ-like sometimes also means letting people know how they're coming across and giving them a chance to repent of it. You know? ha- have you ever said to her, you know, uh, we've we've been doing this for a long time, and your your whole demeanor, your whole countenance seems to be changing, and you don't seem to be having a lot of fun when we go out on our errands. You you don't seem to be enjoying being with me very much anymore. You know, what can we do to make this more pleasant for both of us? Have you ever tried anything like that just to kind of give her a window into the fact that she's getting so cranky? You know, I really need to do something like that. I mean, we're not that different, that much difference in age, but she, mm. I, 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 it's hard for me. I don't, I don't want people not to like me or feel offended by me, but I do think that um, she has to know over the years that I'm a friend of hers, that if we have a conversation mm-hmm. like that, but I think that's good advice. I think I just need to follow through. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, the way, the way to do it um, is not to criticize her. Right? Not at all. But to say, hey, look, you know, you, 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 I, you, know, you seem really, you know, frustrated, upset, uh, whatever, I, you know, what, whatever it is, right, that she's coming across. And as. I understand you're going through a lot because she's right. obviously expressed to you many times what those things are. So you can empathize with her, right? And, and, and then I would also reaffirm the friendship. I would say, and, you know, I really think of us as good friends, right? And then you're really important to me. So, so I'm not going anywhere. I would say that up front. But you know, the way you come across sometimes, it really is. It pushes people away, and I and I wonder, you know, what your intention is by kind of complaining like this or talking like this. What are you hoping would happen? Because I'm not sure that it's getting you what you're looking for, right? So you you're you're recognizing. So you're you're acknowledging that she's going through a difficult thing and empathizing with it. You're reaffirming the fact that you're there for her. You're not you're not saying I don't want to be around you. And then you're acknowledging that there's an intention, a positive intention behind her behavior and asking her to kind of clarify what that is and whether her behavior is actually helping her get it. Right. So there's sort of a lot that's going on behind those words. But it's it's better than just coming out and saying, you you know how negative you are. (laughs) It's it's really, you know, just saying, look, I, I 
I really, I, 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 I love you as a friend, and I think that we're, you know, that I, I'm here for you. Um, but I gotta wonder. I mean, you know, when you when you act like that, you know, what are you hoping people will do? How are you hoping that they'll respond to you? And and do you really feel like that's working for you? Because honestly, it it kind of makes me see that you're pushing people away. And is that really what you're hoping to do? And give her a chance to really see herself in that mirror and, and ask herself if that's really what she wants to be doing. Because I think that, that that is the best way to really challenge somebody in a loving way. And really, you know, to also say to her, you know, don't make it just about the relationships, but just saying, you know, we get out together and we can either make this, you know, fun and have our day out and, and you know, do our errands and then maybe, you know, stop for a cup of tea or, or you know, get, get a you know quick lunch together and enjoy each other. Or we can just slog through this and make it miserable. Do you really want to, to be miserable? Or what can we do that will make this time together more joyful? Kind of give her a solution to work on as well as a challenge. You know, what can you do to help make this more joyful for yourself and for the two of us? Because that's what I'd like to have our time together be. Give her a, a difference because if we just say, you know, you're really cranky and you're pushing everybody away, well, that's a good heads up. That's important. But we also have to lead with, so what are we going to do about it to make this time together more joyful? Because she needs to know what she's working for as well. All right, Becky, thank you so much for the call. And, you know, this, this goes for all of our listeners, you know, that, that the idea of being more Christ-like doesn't just mean putting up with things. I mean, certainly that, that's the, sometimes that's the best we can do, right? We can bear that wrong patiently. But if we have the opportunity to reasonably call somebody on to behave a little better, that's a Christ-like thing to do, too. Mm-hmm. We have to do it charitably. We have to do it, you know, in a way that, that, that um, um, you know, attempts at least to not pick on that person um, and, and they might get offended they might get their nose out of joint but that's okay as long as our intention is not to um, to hurt them but rather to really work for their good for the good of the relationship that is a christ-like thing to do too so let's talk about it what is what does managing conflict gracefully mean in your situation is there a topic that's difficult to discuss with somebody but you just need to bring it up is there a discussion that's hard to have without it escalating quickly? Is there a person who's just kind of antagonistic and you're not sure how to deal with them gracefully? Let's talk it out. 877-573-7825. Again, that number is 877-573-7825. When we come back, in addition to taking your calls, we'll be joined by Jacob Flores Popchak. He is a pastoral counselor with CatholicCounselors.com, and he'll be sharing some insights on managing conflict. Stick around for that and a whole lot more when More to Life continues with your calls after this. The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. I went to Las Vegas years and years ago for one of these cable shows, and and I was uh, shocked to see all these old ladies in their 70s and 80s getting off that plane, running for a slot machine. You don't have a chance to win. They're all fixed. I know, my uncle used to have slot machines. (laughs) EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter. Are you longing to hear God's voice? Lord, Teach Me to Pray, the free Ignatian prayer series will open your heart to His voice, to the peace you are seeking, and the only love that fulfills the human heart, Jesus. God is calling you to true joy, knowing Jesus personally. Lord, Teach Me to Pray is free. Go to lordteachmetopray.com, click on the red box, order the Lord, Teach Me to Pray series now. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. 
Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Thank you for joining us on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled Fighting Fair as we talk about managing conflict gracefully. 877-573-7825. Are you struggling in a relationship because of conflict? Maybe because a particular topic is difficult to discuss, or this person escalates things quickly, or they're just antagonistic in general? If you're looking for graceful ways to handle those sorts of situations, give us a call at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Joining us right now, Jacob Flores Popchak. He is a pastoral counselor with CatholicCounselors.com. He's an expert in the theology of the body and an author as well, and with Father Gabriel Toretta, the co-host of the Faith and Arts podcast, Created Things. Jacob, welcome to More to Life. Hey, howdy, hey. <laughs> so you wanted to talk a bit about some advice that you give to folks when they're dealing with conflict. Where would you start? Well, this sounds dumb to say, but I, in my experience, a lot of conflict happens because two people both think they're having the same conversation when in reality they're having completely different conversations with each other. Right. That happens you know, more often than not, doesn't it? And they don't it realize really, it. So really what does. should they do? Well, so I, I think we can't take for granted that we're both having the same conversation, right? Like, if, if I'm upset about something enough, I can really do that thing where I come in guns a-blazing and I assume that the person I'm talking to knows where I'm going with this. They, they should know what I want to get out of this conversation, right? But most of the time they don't. Most of the time they're inferring a completely different reason for my wanting to have that conversation. And, and, and therefore the frustration that arises uh, arises because, you know, two people are having kind of parallel universe conversations with each other. And just mirror imaged enough that they look similar, but they're actually completely different. Right? And, and so while it might feel inorganic or a little artificial or a little awkward to some, I really recommend to my clients and really to everybody that we get in the habit of defining our goals and expectations for a successful conversation right there at the beginning. Right? Now, now that could look like me coming to my partner or my kid or whoever it is I'm going to have this conflict with and saying, hey, look. I'd really like to have a conversation about blank, right? I'd really like to have a conversation about how this event we went to on Saturday went, because I didn't really like how it went. Um, but 
and I add this, I would really like for that conversation to to end with us having specific ideas about what to do the next time we go to an event like that. Or I might say, I'd really like to end this conversation by just feeling like you get where I'm coming from, and I, I want to feel a little more understood, right? Just by defining what I would like to get out of that conversation, whether or not my you know, conversation partner, so to speak, is capable of meeting that need, at least they know where I'm heading. Right. The alternative, of course, being I could go into the conversation wanting to, just using our example from a moment ago, define how we could better handle events like that in the future. And my partner could think I'm just looking to be empathized with and, and we could be having totally different conversations as a result. Right. So just defining those expectations of what would a, what would a successful version of the conversation I want to have look like before we start Let's everybody be on the same page and know what the terms of agreement are. You know, as you're speaking, it occurs to me that that one you know common outcome could be: listen, I, I it's I don't necessarily need you to agree with me about this, but I'd just kind of like to know that you appreciate where I'm coming from. Even something like that is is a good way to start a conversation. Yeah, because oftentimes, you know, what I am looking for is just to not feel crazy and to feel empathized with. And, <laughs> right. but, but the fact that I don't say that that's what I'm looking for, either because I'm not comfortable being that vulnerable or because I just don't think to because I'm so hot, right, is, is, you know, the primary reason why I don't get that need met. Because I'll bring that need to somebody who immediately starts trying to solve my problem or immediately starts trying to convince me why I'm incorrect in my perception of that problem. And I end up feeling really, really dismissed. And then we get into nasty things like I say, oh, you're gaslighting me. And the person says, oh, you're being crazy. And, and now, now it's just totally lost, right? All I have to do yeah. is step back at the beginning and define the expectations, and then we know we're on the same page or not. Well, and it really does help reorient conflict, because a lot of conflict starts because I'm feeling something and I need to vent my feelings. And if one or the other of us can step back a second and say, okay, wait a minute, where are we going with this? What is it that you want to have when we're done? That really engages our thinking brain and helps us to chart a course from where we are to where we want to be. Jacob, thank you so much for being with us today. Always a pleasure. And if folks would like to learn more about his good work, you can come on over to CatholicCounselors.com and check out the pastoral telecounseling practice at CatholicCounselors.com to help you transform the marriage, family, or personal relationships that you're having, especially if you're dealing with conflict in any of those situations. It's CatholicCounselors.com. Well, we are taking your calls right now at 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. If you're dealing with conflict with somebody you care about, and you're looking for graceful ways to respond, or maybe get out of that conflict, let's talk it out. 877-573-7825. Back in a minute. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. We listen to all kinds of things, as the Pope says. The radio, the TV, we listen to our phones, all kinds of other messages. But are we silencing ourselves enough that we may listen for God? The other thing we need to do is continue to educate ourselves on the faith. Are we listening to Catholic programming on a regular basis? Are we attending really good, healthy, faith-filled conferences to learn more from those who may be scripture scholars or apologists or maybe just a good talk from a spiritual leader or maybe watching a good video? 
of a wonderful priest such as a Father John Ricardo or a Bishop Barron or someone else. So continue to, as Father John Harden used to say, educate, educate, educate yourself in the Catholic faith. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Who belongs to the Catholic Church? According to the Catholic Catechism, all men and women are called to the Catholic unity of the people of God. In different ways, they belong or are ordered to belong. The Catholic faithful, other believers in Christ, and all mankind are called by God's grace to salvation. Those who in faith accept all the precepts, sacraments, and all the means of salvation given to the church and possess the Spirit of Christ are fully incorporated into the society of the church. One, however, who does not persevere in charity is not saved. He or she remains in the bosom of the church, in its body, but not in its heart. The church is joined in many ways to other faiths that call themselves Christian, even though they do not profess the Catholic faith in its entirety or have not preserved unity or communion under the successors of Peter. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Hi there, I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Men in general, and fathers in particular, put a tremendous amount of pressure on ourselves. We know that we're meant to lead our wife and children to God. However, many of us weren't raised in homes where this mission was modeled for us. We intuitively know we don't have the first idea how to become the men God wants us to be or how to lead our families to Christ, and it terrifies us. Unfortunately, we often try to cover our ignorance and the fear of our incompetence by setting ourselves up as angry, part-time bacon deities of our household, commanding obedience from everyone around us. But if we fall prey to this temptation, any rebellion we experience on the part of our kids isn't defiance against us. It's actually obedience to the impulse God has created in every one of his children to resist bowing down to any God but him. To learn more about commanding healthy authority as a father, check out my book, Be Daditudes, Eight Ways to Be an Awesome Dad, or visit CatholicCounselors.com. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We're so glad to be with you today. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and our show today is titled Fighting Fair as we talk about managing conflict gracefully. And whether there is a particular topic that is difficult to discuss with someone you care about, or that person tends to escalate things quickly, where they're just antagonistic in general and you don't know how to handle them. We want to help you manage conflict gracefully because the fact is creating the kind of communion that we're all called to live in as Christians means learning to master conflict, whether we like it or not. So how do we begin to do that in all of our relationships? 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. 7825. Right before we go to our calls, we want to send out congratulations to two more members of the EWTN radio family. Evangelist Radio, serving Somerville, West Virginia, is celebrating their 13th year with EWTN. And that's not all. Holy Family Communications in Shenandoah, Virginia, celebrates nine years with us. Hey, congratulations from all your friends at EWTN. And listeners, wherever you're tuning in to Catholic Radio, make sure you're supporting your local Catholic Radio station with your prayers and 
with your dollars. Let's keep Catholic Radio going strong for generations to come so we can keep supporting you and living a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships. Support your EWTN station wherever you are. And with that, we are taking your calls on our show today titled Fighting Fair as we talk about dealing gracefully with conflict. What is God asking us to do when we are in conflict with somebody? How do we deal with that gracefully? How do we respond to those antagonistic people or those topics that tend to escalate quickly? And those situations where tension just threatens the relationship, give us a call, 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Donna, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. Hi, Donna. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Well, um, my sister is six years older than I am, and she lived out of state for 15 years and came back a couple years ago and had a knee surgery. And during that surgery, she had a stroke. She has a child that lives, you know, lived like 10 miles from her. He won't come see her, he won't do anything. So I ended up with power of attorney. And a lot of it is because of how she acted with him growing up. I mean, she has no, no contact with anybody except for what she wanted. So now she's in the nursing home, and she's a smoker, and she's calling me all the time, which I am power of attorney now, to get her cigarettes. I'm out of Coca-Cola. I need this. I need that. But it's never a call to talk to me. It's always crying because she wants me to go get her something. I'm just, what's my responsibility? I know I'm fortunate enough that I don't have those health issues, but do I have to do everything that she asks? I mean, is there a, a line to where I can say, you know, I've asked you to cut back on your cigarettes. You won't do it. You lie to me all the time. Tell me mm. you are. Now that's different. No, she hasn't. You know, so what do, what do you do? When you say I she mean, lies to you all the time, this isn't just about your choices in her lifestyle. This is about her, you know, not being honest with you, not being trustworthy. Well, and then I wonder, is it due to the, well, she's always lied to me. But, you know, is it mm-hmm. more so because of her illness? Do I need to overlook those lies? Well, no. I, and so let me ask you this other question here. So, so to what degree do do her calls um, and and her requests kind of detract from or distract you from doing the things that are kind of uh, well important for you to do, like you know, t- taking care of your own home or your own family or your own job or your own responsibilities? Like you know, it, it, are her requests intrusive to that degree, or is it more that no, you have the time to do it? It's just that that, that you know, she's a difficult person to deal with. It's a little bit of both. It's when she wants something, you know, 8 o'clock at night, you know, I'm out of cigarettes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't okay. smoke. I've never chose to spend no, my money I that way, so I don't really know about that addiction. But at the same gotcha. time, it's dark. It's a Sunday night. Yeah, no, no. You know, right, no, no, and you, you don't have to hop to every time she, she calls you. Uh, you. You don't have that responsibility to that. You know, you, you mentioned the, the POA thing, the power of attorney. I mean, that that gives you the ability to make legal decisions for her if she's incapacitated, but it doesn't have anything to do with you needing to 
you know, be at her beck and call. Now, it's charitable to be able to be there to support her, you know, emotionally or get her the things that she needs. But that doesn't mean you can't set boundaries with those things either. And let's talk about what that might be. No, I, absolutely. I mean, she's calling you at night. She's asking you to put yourself in a vulnerable situation and go out in the dark as a lady alone. No, I, you know, you could simply do something as charitable and as easy, Donna, as saying, I run my errands every pick your day, Saturday morning, Wednesday, whatever is most convenient and works for you and is safest for you. That's when I run my errands. If you want to text me your list, I can get what you need and drop it off and I will do it that day of the week, every week, and that's what I'm doing. That is really extending yourself. That is really providing for her. That is an extremely charitable thing to do. Please pray about whether that feels right for you. But it's not putting you at her back and call. If that is too much, you can simply show her how to, you know, download a delivery service app on her phone and she can use it when she needs to have errands run for her and she can take care of paying for that herself when they deliver it to her. There are options here. She won't be left out in the cold. Yeah, but you don't have to be the one who's always jumping whenever she says, hey, I need this right now. Certainly not, the, the, especially when she's not treating you justly or kindly. The, the, the principle here is, however you work it out specifically in terms of the days and the times that you make yourself available, the principle here is that we need to give people a way, a kind of what, what I call it, I call it a qualified yes technique. You ask me for help, and I say, well, yes, I would be happy to help you. Here is how I could do that, right here. So we're we're acknowledging the what that you asked, but I'm being I'm asking you to be flexible about the how and the when, so that I can fit it in between the other things that I am responsible for, right? So you know, Donna, you asked me, hey, Greg, could you help me out with us and such? Donna, I'd be happy to help you with that. I have to do these things over here, and I and I'm not available over here. But on Wednesday at this time, I could come on over and do thus and such. Does that work for you? And if you say no to that, well, I mean, kind of I'm off the hook because I've given you a way to meet your need, but you've rejected that. It, it's not up to me to twist myself up into a pretzel to make myself available when and how you want me. I'm just, it's my responsibility and charity to say, here is how I could address the what that you're asking for. I'm asking you in return to be flexible about the how and the when, right? And, and by doing that, that's how we encourage selflessness, by the way. Because a selfish person doesn't just want what they want, they want it when they want it and how they want it. But if we, but we, an assertive person, an, an appropriately assertive person, wants what they want, and they have a right to want that, but they're willing to be flexible about the how and the when so that we can learn to work together and that I can help you get your needs met, even as you're working to help me get mine met, right? And so you have every right to sort of say, you know, yes, sister, I would be happy to help you, you know, pick up certain things for you, but these are the days and times that I'm available to do that. You're going to have to work around that. If you want to find some other way to do that, like Lisa said, I can teach you how to download this app and get things delivered to you, or you can call your son and maybe work on that relationship a little bit. You know, it's a, Because you, know, you being there to kind of step and fetch all the time actually prevents her from working on some of those other relationships, you know, or at least prevents her from having the, the opportunity or the need to work on those relationships because if you know if Donna's always there for her then she doesn't have to try so setting those boundaries is actually really charitable it's not just good for you it challenges her to be more selfless and it challenges her to work on some of those other relationships that she could be getting support from but that the, she's alienated so Donna I hope that those suggestions will be helpful for you moving forward if there's more that we can do for you don't hesitate to give us a call Eight, uh, and uh, listeners we're taking your calls right now at 877-573 7825. Again, that's 877 
573-7825. Let's go now to Rosie, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Missouri. Yes, on Covenant Radio. Hey, Rosie, welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Rosie, are you there? Yes, can you hear me? I can can now. now. Go for it. Go right ahead. We can hear you. Okay. So, I think I am the problem in this one. So, (laughs) whenever (laughs) I get upset, and this one is usually within family gathering, I want time alone before I can talk to others, but they don't get it. So that has made me even to resolve not to attend any family gathering altogether. So, so what what we told our screener is that that you work nights and, and travel, and they want to talk to you during the day when you need to sleep, and they call you selfish because you're saying, "Hey, look, I need some time to to, to kind of rest." And you're also saying this is kind of thing is is intrusive, even in family gatherings, that they just want to talk and they want to talk right now, and you don't get the pause you need to be able to think things through. Are we understanding that correctly? Yes. So, so they won't yes. respect any boundaries that you set. They, they like if, if you if you say, well, look, he, I, I'd be happy to talk with you at this time or that time, um, but but, I, but I'm not available at this time. They, they just call you selfish for that, or, or what happens? Yeah, and then uh, yes, that is uh, the scenario. Yes, and then uh, the fact that when I am upset, I don't have that time alone to process. So that I can maybe say why I'm upset. It's like, if you're upset, if it's not me, put it aside. I want to talk to you now. I don't know how to do that. Rosie, let me let me ask you this. So in both of these scenarios, the clearer you are, the more of an invitation you're giving them to respect your boundaries. So let me know for sure. For instance, when they're saying you should be available to talk to us during the day, even though your schedule does not attend to that. Have you ever said, I love talking to you because of my work schedule this week. I'm only available from this time to this time on Wednesday to talk. Other than that, I am completely booked doing, dealing with everything I have to deal with my, in my life. They don't even have to know you're sleeping. Same at, at a party or something like that. Have you said to them, Boy, I'm really interested in having this conversation. I need a little while to think about that, and I'll get back to you. Have you ever been that clear with your boundaries? If so, what's their reaction no. been? If not, what do you think of the idea? Okay, I have to say I haven't been that clear, but the, the issue is I don't live with family. It's when right. I travel... The, uh, in the occasion that I travel to see them, it is a time that I can't really have time. That is the time that I squeeze to be with them. Like I work mm-hmm. last night, then I'll travel during, after work, then I can be there. So it's mm-hmm. not like I'm with them always, but I'm worried right. that I don't want to be there. Because it always, whenever I travel... It's I overwhelming to, to you. Yes. Okay, well, Rosie, I mean... Um, 
we have a right to set and this is very much like we were talking about with our previous caller donna you know we 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 want to be available to people so in in charity you know charity asks us to be open to having those conversations they want to have or doing those things they want to do with us um but it also allows us to set boundaries on those things and say, you know, I am a, like we were talking about before with this qualified yes technique idea. Yes, I'd absolutely love to have this conversation with you, but I, I can't do it right now because I'm really tired or because I'm really upset or because I'm whatever. Let's do it at this time instead, right? Or I'm available to take your calls at these times, but I, I can't answer at those times. Or I'm available to go and do that thing that you want to do on these days, but I couldn't do it at these on these times. So, so you're saying yes to them, but you're being you're asking them to be flexible about the how and the when, even though you're acknowledging that you want to help with their what, right? Um, and so again, an assertive person, an appropriately assertive person, wants what they want, and they have a right to what want what they want, um, but they're flexible about the how and the when. Whereas a selfish person wants what they want, when they want it, and how they want it. And you have every right to set a boundary on somebody that's making a selfish request. In other words, a request that says, this is what I want, this is how I want it, this is when I want it. And you have to do that. No, you don't. You, 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 in, charity, in charity, you have to offer a way that you could meet that need, but then it's up to them to decide whether that works for them or not. And if they say, no, that won't work for me, well, then they have to figure out some other way to get that need, or they can wait. Um, but that's not, that doesn't mean you're being selfish. That means you're setting appropriate boundaries so that you can do the work that you need to do or get the rest that you need to get or the, or the break that you need to get in order to be your best with that particular person or around that particular conversation. Now, what I'm also hearing you say is that you have a certain kind of energy in your life because you get to you know, work out in, in the world and be out on your own, and then suddenly you're walking into their homes and their energy is loud and forceful and sort of chaotic. I, I had, have, have had that experience in my life with my family as well. And for that, you need to put some interior things in place. If you know that's the chaotic situation you're walking into, even if it's lovingly chaotic, you need to build some time at the end of your travel in to even park a few blocks away and take some time to breathe and center yourself in God's love and pray through it. Maybe do a chaplet of divine mercy for, you know, the 10 or 15 minutes it would take so you're walking in in a more peaceful place have outs like excusing yourself to the restroom just to close the door and have that few more minutes of praying to God and asking to be charitable but being able to calm yourself down and let your heart rate come down a little bit so you can clear your head having a chance to say oh I really have to go to bed now if you're staying at their house I'm just exhausted and closing that door and even putting on some, you know, sound canceling your headphones to just get that out. Think about it and pray about how can you create those moments of break so you can be more peaceful and have a little bit of solitude even in the chaotic situations. You'll be do- taking care of yourself in that, and that will make you a better person in the situation as well. But there's nothing selfish about that, Rosie. And if, if your family accuses you of being selfish for taking those kinds of steps, then you might need to put more distance between yourself and, and those people. Um, because, you know, we want 
to have health. Well, the theology of the body teaches us that relationships are supposed to be mutually, mutually self-giving. So, you know, we're working for their good and they're working for ours. When it becomes lopsided, it's okay to put some distance there, not just for our sake, but so that we don't lead that other person into temptation to behave in a way that is beneath them or undermining our dignity or the dignity of the relationship. So those boundaries that we're talking about are perfectly appropriate. You're giving them, a, you're giving them in charity a way to meet their need, even while you're saying, you know, here are some things that I need back. Rosie, thank you so much for the call. We do talk more about this in my book, God Help Me. These people are driving me nuts, making peace with difficult people. That's available at catholiccounselors.com. We have to go to break, but when we come back, we're continuing to take your calls about dealing with conflict today on More to Life. Stick around for more of that when More to Life continues in just a minute. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Do you have an unrelated twin, a doppelganger walking around somewhere? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Scripture points to many who may have been actual twins. Doubting Thomas, one of the twelve apostles, may have been a twin. His surname is Didymus, which means double or twofold. Is it possible for each of us to have a twin of sorts, an unrelated person who so closely resembles us that they pass for a twin? Research cited by Dr. Peter Atia indicates that 99.9% of the human genome is identical across all humans. So it is possible that at least one of the billions on Earth could have a slight bit more genetic material that makes them look like me or you. But it isn't just looks. Even certain behavior studies tend to be more similar in lookalikes. The next time someone says you look like George Clooney, research says it's possible. For more on this, look for the Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. This program brought to you by the following nonprofit company. From Affirm Films comes Journey to Bethlehem. This wasn't a dream. An angel came to me. Can we? Can we? Look at the star. This is it. You truly believe that this child is the chosen one. What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere, November 10th. Soundtrack also available. More information is at journeytobethlehem.com. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at more to life with Dr. Greg and Lisa. And on Twitter and Instagram, at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and we're talking about managing conflict gracefully. Calling us now, Laura. Welcome to More to Life. Laura, what can we do for you? And she's oh, gone. It looks like she dropped. Well, she was calling. Actually, it was her ten-year-old son who had called in originally and uh, was asking for advice on how to get along with uh, his, uh, five his five siblings. siblings. And uh, we asked to speak to mom instead because really this is something, and this goes for all of our listeners out there. Okay, when when there's a temptation for parents to kind of want to say, well, okay, well, you know what? Hey, Doctor Greg and Lisa, you talk to my kid and fix him. <laughs> fix my child. And it's not really and I, our and job. And I have to, to say, <laughs> and that's a lot of folks too who say. There's something off. I'm going to send my child under the age of 21 to counseling. any kind of counseling alone. 
that does not work. No, it, it's really up to us parents to get the skills that we need to help our kids succeed at whatever it is. So I want to talk to you, Laura, a little bit about how you can help your son get along with his five siblings. You know, and this, this goes for any parent out there. When you have a kid who is struggling to uh, you know, get along with, other, with the other kids in the family, what that often means is that they don't have the vocabulary to communicate their feelings and their needs respectfully. And that's up to us to teach them how to do that, right? That's not their fault. Uh, I know 40-year-olds that don't know how to communicate their needs and feelings respectfully because mom and dad never taught them when they were growing up. And so if your son says something that's hurtful to some of the other siblings or that's, you know, he's antagonistic to you. Where somebody says something to him and he's reactive to it. You want to coach, rather than just reacting to him or punishing him for getting it wrong, you want to try to identify what was it you're trying to say? What's the need you're trying to meet, the problem you're trying to solve, or the emotion you're trying to communicate? Now, then you give him the language to express mm-hmm. that. Okay, son, you can say it like this. Let's try it like that. Then you actually rehearse it and walk through it with him so that he knows how to express himself appropriately and he's not just trying to figure out for himself how to get along with his five siblings. So, you know, this is so important, moms and dads. We, you know, when our children are struggling to, to express themselves appropriately, we need to teach them those skills, not blame them for getting it wrong. The other skill we need to be teaching them is you don't just fight till somebody gives in or somebody wins the hill. What you do is when you go into that situation, you separate them and you say, how could you be handling this differently in a way that is working for everybody's good and is solution focused? What could you be doing differently to be helpful in this situation? And they'll all say, but that one. No, 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 no. Everybody has to do something a little bit differently. What can you do differently here? And then you go back and you listen to them and you help them do it in that way. Laura, you can't just be expecting your kids to work out all their stuff. They're children. They need to be mentored and given good skills in order to practice this. That's how you're going to have peace in your home and give them the skills they need for a lifetime. And that comes from us parents. Kids don't know that automatically. So we talk, we'll walk you through the steps of this in our book, Parenting Your Kids with Grace, uh, which is, which is check, check out the chapter on the sibling revelry technique, which specifically walks you through how to help siblings get along with each other. But I also want to give you some more ongoing support. If you check out CatholicHOM.com or download the Catholic HOM app, the first month is free. You can try it out. Um, we give daily guidance. Our whole team of pastor counselors is on there giving parents daily guidance on discipline issues, celebrating the faith at home, passing on the faith to your kids, dealing with all the stuff that helps you build a more loving, caring, connected, and peaceful Catholic family life. And uh, we get tons of great resources on there, downloadables, podcasts, videos. You check it out. It's CatholicHOM.com or Catholic HOM, the app. And it uh, stands for Catholic Households on Mission. And it's really about building a dynamic domestic church that really allows you to experience God's grace in your home, have a more peaceful, joyful, loving household, and be a more effective Catholic parent. And a lot of our videos on there are great to watch with the family, so watch it with all six kids and your spouse and talk about how to do these things together, and you'll see a real change, and you'll have great skills to give them as well. A lot of what we talk about there is how do we teach kids to get along with each other? How do we 
as families deal gracefully with conflict. So I think you get a lot out of it. CatholicHOM.com or download the Catholic HOM app. Again, the first month is absolutely free. Check it out with no risk at all. Cancel anytime. Thanks for your call, Laura and Thomas, and I hope that puts you on the right footing to start. And listeners, if you are looking for more resources to be able to manage conflict gracefully, come on over to CatholicCounselors.com to learn more about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's pastoral telecounseling practice, where you can work with a faithful, professional Catholic counselor to help you transform your marriage, family, or personal life in the light of God's grace. Again, you can learn more at CatholicCounselors.com. And get out there and celebrate the life God has for you, because with His grace, there is so much more to life. Thanks for tuning in today, folks. Get out there and have a blessed day. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popcheck. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.